When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, loyalists. Frank here to introduce another best of GGACP. We're taking a very short one-week break for the Thanksgiving holiday. And since it's the season for gratitude and giving thanks, we're going to post an episode that we're especially grateful and thankful for, and that is our 2016 interview with the late, great Ron Liebman and Jessica Walter. Now, I realize this is saying a lot, but this may actually be my favorite episode out of the 400 shows that we've done. At the very least, um, it was the most pleasurable and rewarding experience Gil and I ever had recording a show. I think you can hear it in our voices when you listen back to this episode. And by the way, a special thanks to former engineer Frankie Verderosa for helping facilitate this one. Ron and Jessica were just the perfect guests. They were funny, they were silly, they were lighthearted, they were open books. But most importantly, they they really understood and appreciated what we were going for, the career tribute, the gratitude, the whole point of this podcast, really. And I've told this story before, but Ron took me aside at the elevators after this recording, and he said, this show is special don't ever stop doing it, which is something I'll never forget. Now, as you guys know, we lost Ron back in 2019, and we lost Jessica just this past year, which makes this episode extra meaningful in a way. I have to say, it's emotional for me to sit and listen to these older shows and to hear all the love in the room uh, while also having to accept the fact that these terrific people are gone now. I actually regret not asking the two of them back for a second time but hey we do have this one and it's a a show and as i said more than just a show an entire experience that i'll treasure so happy thanksgiving to all our listeners from gilbert dara yours truly the entire ggacp family and we'll see you next week with a brand new episode until then enjoy your family and friends and enjoy this wonderful trip down memory lane this love fest with the great and game for anything ron liebman and jessica walter I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and we're once again at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Now, if you think uh, when we have one guest, 
these introductions are long. I can pretty much tell you we could have a cab waiting for you after the, there'll be no time for the it's a, actual it's interview. It's a two-pager. Yes. the rare two-page intro. Our guests this week are two of the busiest, most versatile, and most accomplished actors in, of their generation. Jessica Walter has starred in Broadway plays and musicals, appeared in police dramas, situation comedies, soap operas, and variety shows, and appeared in films like The Group, Grand Prix, Lilith, Tapeheads, The Flamingo Kid, The Slums of Beverly Hills, Bye Bye Braverman, and of course, Clint Eastwood's directorial debut. Uh, Play Misty for me. Her numerous, and I do mean numerous, TV appearances (laughs) include The Fugitive, Mannix, Love American Style, Columbo, Ironside, Hawaii Five-O, Dinosaurs, Coach, Just Shoot Me, The Big Bang Theory, Retired at 35, Saving Grace, and Amy Prentice for which she won an Emmy as an Outstanding Lead Actress. She's also been nominated for an Emmy for her role as the boozy socialite Lucille Bluth on this beloved comedy Arrested Development. And she currently stars in the hit FX series Archer as the headstrong spy mistress Mallory Archer. Ron Liebman is uh, oh. bravo bravo <laughs> should we have an applause <laughs> i love him he's just <laughs> he moves me deeply uh, <laughs> i heard he passed away yeah. <laughs> is that true oh, oh read yes. his credits Th- anyway. this is this is our in memoriam <laughs> part of the show <laughs> Let him do the the intro. I don't care about it. Let's just get to the interview. Radley is an award-winning performer with stage credits, including Rumors, I Ought to Be in Pictures, We Bombed in New Haven, The Merchant of Venice, winning a Tony for his powerful performance as Roy Cohen in the Pulitzer Prize-winning play Angels in America. TV appearances include Police Story, The Practice, Law and Order, Murder, She Wrote, Friends, and The Sopranos. He also won... It's the saddest thing I've ever He also won an Emmy for his role as the ex-con turned lawyer in the CBS series Cause. And... A show he also co-wrote and co-created, and he's been in memorable films like The Super Cops, Slaughterhouse Five, Norma Ray, Farlap, Zorro, The Gay Blade, Night <laughs> Night Falls on Manhattan, Garden State, and two personal favorites on this podcast: The Hot Rock and Where's Papa. In their long and distinguished careers, they've shared the screen with James Garner, Warren Beatty, Kirk Douglas, Zero Mostel, George Siegel, Helen Hayes, Carlton, Charlton Heston, 
Burt Lancaster, Gene Hackman, and Robert Redford, and worked with iconic directors like George Roy Hill, Arthur Hiller, John Frankenheimer, Herbert Ross, and Sidney Lamet. Please welcome to the show our very first married couple. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, let's so see how the night married. goes. Okay. <laughs> the jury's still out. The jury's still out is right. And the most successful acting duo since Lunton Fontaine. Jessica Walter and Ron Liebman. You bravo, know, bravo. You know, you know Neil Simon said we were the Polish Lunts. Oh, I love that. <laughs> We were in rumors together. He said, you're the Polish lunch. I love it. And I was talking to you right before we went on. I just wanted the audience to... I, When I was a kid, uh, me and my two older sisters, all in and Karen, lived in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. And we would go, I don't know, maybe it was filming two days or three. We would walk over to the Brooklyn Museum to watch the car crash in front of the Brooklyn Museum for the movie The Hot Rock. What a lonely child. <laughs> Trust me. You have no idea, Ron. Trust <laughs> me. If if I if I had a, a good social life, I wouldn't know at least. That's right. <laughs> me and Frank are basically products of a terrible <laughs> social We've life. We've talked about The Hot Rock on this show. You were Merch, the driver. Yeah, I was yeah. Merch, the driver, yeah. yes. I had to learn how to drive one of those 37-wheeler things. I actually had to learn that, and I did. Uh, it was an interesting bunch of people, George Siegel and Robert Redford, Paul Sand, and Zero. I got to work with, uh, with Zero, oh, who I adored. Like? Well, we shared a trailer. They asked me if that was all right. They were trying to save some money. <clears throat> so I said, sure. And... Uh, I couldn't wait to meet him because I had such a crush on him. I just loved him. I'd seen him in like off-Broadway things like Ulysses in Nighttown and, of course, in Fiddler at, um, by, by that point. And I'd come into the trailer and he'd hide behind his New York Times and kind of, and he wouldn't say good morning. And he had a driver and a dresser who worked for him and I'd say good morning and he wouldn't talk to me. So I'm sharing a trailer with two guys who are not talking to me. I don't, I don't know why. And I came in the second day. Good morning. Silence. And I see Zero hiding behind the New York Times. He didn't say anything. I asked the AD. I said, am I doing something that's offending these people? I said, oh, you don't know. The guy who drives for him can't speak. And that's why he hired him years ago. He, he, he doesn't speak. He doesn't hear that well. And Zero, he said, I can't explain. <laughs> so the third day I walked into the trailer and I looked at the little guy. I looked back at Zero who was hiding. I said to the little guy, will you shut up? <laughs> and the time started shaking and he was laughing and we became friends. Oh, wow. That's a good one. He was that is interesting, a good one. interesting man. We had his son on this show. We had Josh Mostel. Oh. Yeah. We're both Zero fans. Yeah. I loved yeah. him. I really loved him. Did you ever see his paintings? He was a wonderful I painter. never did. That's how he worked his way through, through, the, through the blacklist. He had to yeah. sell. Yeah. He could I, work nightclubs, some nightclubs, some cabaret stuff. But he couldn't be in films, couldn't be on major networks. A, a professor of mine in film school was actually uh, was roomed with Zero, and they were blacklisted uh, together. A man named Arno Dussault. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. 
We've talked the blacklist comes up a lot on this show. We just talked about it with Lee Grant. Oh, oh my God. yeah. Great yeah. part of her life. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. And it's funny because when the Hot Rock came out, uh, it was like the two new guys. I mean, everybody knew Redford and Siegel. But the two new guys were you and Paul Sand. Yeah. And it, it was so much fun to watch the both of you. Oh, thank you. Terrific heist movie. Peter Yates, right? Peter Yates. Yeah. He had just done Bullet, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. An interesting choice. We actually went up in the helicopter. There was a camera there, and the doors were off. But you were in a... I was terrifying. I was a Jewish kid. Yeah. <laughs> We, we do not go up with, in helicopters with open doors. <laughs> I guess the Israeli army does, but I didn't, I didn't want... And they were building the World Trade Center then. And one of the shots was the helicopter going up, flying outside the World Trade Center. So it's imprinted in my... When that horrible day happened, I said, oh my God, I brought all of that back. It was, uh, it was fun. It was fun to make the movie. And uh, it should have been more successful. It's a wonderful story that uh, the old man, Daryl Zanuck, ran the studio, Fox, and he was booted out by his son. Uh, what's his son's name? Oh, Richard Zanuck. Richard. Yeah, the Jaws producer. So this was Richard's movie. Richard wanted to do this. So when Richard took over the studio, this was his film. Just before the film was going to open, the father came back into power and threw Richard out and oh. threw the movie out, too. Redford called me once from Boston. He had a piece of the film. He said, we just opened with not one commercial on television and nothing in the papers except, except the reviews. What a shame. There's oh, such talent. It could have been a much more yeah. successful. It's a very funny movie. It's highly regarded today. And I'm is a... it Moses Gunn? Moses Gunn, yeah. 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 He's like sure. an African. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, William Goldman and, wrote the script. And, and in Jones. fact, I, I even remember the theme song. Of course you do. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, da, 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 da. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, da, 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 da. Ron is staring at him. You, you've not been in many musicals, I think. No. He does this on the show. He remembers, he recalls old theme songs. In fact, another theme song I remember. Well, now, both of you worked with Sidney Lament. Yes. 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 Yeah. Twice what, I worked with him. She worked with Sidney twice, yes. What was it like, uh, what both of your recollections? Well, Gilbert Ray. loves Bye Bye Braverman. Yeah. Speaking of George it. Siegel. That's yes. right. That's George right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. An amazing cast in that movie. Yeah, yeah. George and Joseph Wiseman, Joseph Wiseman and Sorrel uh, um, Book. Yes. What? Oh what a great memory. Oh, when man. they get old, oh. it's so sad. Uh, uh, Ka- you know, Alan King. Yes, that's right. He was the rabbi. Alan King, uh, um, uh, uh, Zora Lampert. Right. Yes. Phyllis but, Newman. But let's, let's see. There was uh, oh Jack Warden and Jack, Jack Warden. Warden. Right. Yes. Sidney loved Jack. He used him in. in Many, many movies. And after that, I did the group. No, actually, I did the group first. And then I did. And you know, I was a replacement in Bye Bye Braverman. He called me. He said, Bubby. He called me Bubby. (laughs) 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 Bubby, I need a favor. You know, it was a cameo role. He said, oh, I shouldn't tell the story, should I? Well, I... You want me to tell? No. Because I don't give a (laughs) thing. I'm retired. I couldn't tell. He doesn't care. (laughs) Anyway, let's just say for... Reasons unknown. I replaced Maureen Stapleton in that role. 
I, I, I can't, I can't say. You're very similar in type. And I thought it was so strange. <laughs> right. I thought it was so strange because I, like, I was like 26 years old. You know, and we're, we're not exactly the same type, but what an honor to replace Maureen Stapleton. Right. She's and, a wonderful sure. actress. Sure. And, and I remember with Bye Bye Braver Men, it was... Have you seen Braver Men dancing? He was the king of the ball. Oh, my God. Whirling and twirling and prancing, doing the Braver Men waltz. Yes. Oh, my God. Brilliant. I like the lyrics here. Oh, my God. That was this a, is why you're doing this show. Yeah. It gives you the opportunity right. to sing. Absolutely. Could you do Rockabye Your Baby without Dixie Melody? Yeah. Oh, my God. You figured him out. That's oh, impressive. Yes. Rockabye My Baby. Sounds like Jerry. Yes. Without Dixie Melody. You know, yeah. Wait, I have to tell That's you something. Wait, wait. Ron. Ron. Ron does. Runches. Ron does Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin hey, together. Jerry. Watch, listen to oh, this. I want once, I want to talk loud. You gonna have to hold it down, Joe. You don't want to hear this. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yes, do, we, we do. do. I Fire. could do Renee Taylor and Joe Bologna talking. Ronnie, Ronnie, do do Cary Grant. I can only do Cary Grant sneezing. Yeah. Want to hear Cary Grant? Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually did this on the Tonight Show yeah. because I had an oh, Frank Gorshin was on. <laughs> And I said, I feel just so it, out of it. I need to do an impression. Johnny, would you like it. to hear Cary Grant sneezing? And he looked at me strange, and I went, oh, choo-choo-choo. <laughs> Let's hear it. That's great. Let's hear the Dean and Jerry run. Give us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we already did it. Oh, okay. No, you know what he does? Like my brother, for instance, two days ago had a birthday, so we always call him and sing. And we and he sings Dean and Jerry. So no, I don't want to do that. Oh, all right. I want, well, we we have to. Right. Hear it's that. so funny, Ron. Even if it's, it's two, two three lines. No, do a little do a little Jerry for Ron. Yeah, you He'll, do Jerry. Yeah, now. he's got a great. Yes. He does a great one. Let's hear it. Oh, it's the thing with the patient and the high, and he's walking with the hover. Oh, my God. Very <laughs> good. Bravo. It's yes. good, It's good. Ron didn't do it. We don't want to follow that. Yes. No, no, you no, can't no. follow that. No, you can't. You You're... and me, we're going to be partners. <laughs> you and me, we're going to be pals. Oh, my God. When was the last time you were asked about Bye Bye Braverman in an interview, Jessica? It's been a while, huh? He brought it up maybe the fourth show we did. I can't get over it. I'm so impressed. Oh. I don't think anyone's ever asked me <laughs> There you go. It. But it was a good movie. It's one of yeah. those films yeah. that um, Sidney Lumet himself admits was not a perfect film. But it's one of those when it's on TV, I have to watch it. It's one of those yeah. films that grabs me each time. Bye Bye Brave Men is way up there on that list. Oh, of I'm films. so glad you think so cuz I sure enjoyed the experience. We've it, talked about Lamette a lot on this show. We've talked about The Verdict. Yes. And we've talked about uh, you're a big fan of The Pawnbroker. Oh yeah. Ooh, who yeah. isn't? Yeah. The group? Did oh, you, the group. Have you seen yes. the group? Sure. The group was good. Sure, you were Libby. And they, I was Libby in the group. They, and, and the advertisement was ooh, was I just knocked the microphone. Libby with a big red scar for a mouth. They had they had like the eight girls like in a little right. horseshoe, sure. the each picture, and that was my title. And I remember they used to say uh, the biggest star in a Sidney Lumet film was New York. 
Right. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, he knew how to film New York. It was sure an amazing did. thing. Well, they're like time capsules. You go back and I just watched Dog Day Afternoon, and you go back and watch oh, them. Oh my God! And you yes. really see the city. Pawnbroker, yeah. Pawnbroker Two. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pawn. Uh, yeah. Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, and Bye Bye Braverman. Serpico. Yes, Serpico. We were all yeah. over Absolutely. Bye Bye Braverman. They were all over the place. Yeah. Cemetery in Queens. And spe- of the big speaking cemetery. of the group. Yes. Didn't Mr. Eastwood see you in the group and decide that you were? You know, they wanted the studio. It was universal. They wanted um, Lee Remick because they had they owed her pictures. Mm-hmm. And he told me that later. But anyway, he just felt uh, he had seen the group. And actually, he was looking at somebody else in the group. I won't say who. Not Maureen Stapleton. No. No. <laughs> she wasn't, no. I know. I know. But um, he, he thought I would be right from, was, from seeing Was Libby. Play Misty for me, and this is trivia, I just found doing a little, and I hope this is true, was it was it based on an incident that happened to Gene Shepard, the radio host? You know Gene Shepard? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well. No, Christmas I think I it was. Shepherd. Is that, is that erroneous information? I think that's erroneous. Think so. It was written by a woman named Joe Himes. Yeah, Joe Himes. I've never heard that it was related to Gene Shepard. Interesting. No. Now, the actress, Brenda Vaccaro. Oh, she introduced us. Oh, yes. yes. That's yes. what I'm bringing. Yes. 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 You know, from Midnight Cowboy and a bunch of the films. The best. I heard she pretty much forced you she two did. together. She said, go out with Chinese for with, with, with Ron, with us, with her <laughs> husband at the time. You don't have to marry him, so of course. <laughs> She came to Australia. I was doing a film in Australia. Well, not she, me. The the kid over here. Because we're talking about Brenda. Beautiful girl. But let me just say this before before that. There's that Brenda and Ron, this is good trivia. Brenda and Ron were doing Zorro the Gay Blade. Oh, yes. In Mexico. And for Christmas break, you know, he lived in New York, but it was closer to to stay. She invited him to her house. And to stay there, and he, she always had a huge Christmas party, you know, with 800 of her closest friends. So she invited Ron, and she invited me. I came with my whole family that was visiting from the East, blah, blah, blah. And we did, we, hello and goodbye. Nothing happened. And then she called, and she said, you must go out with Ron. And we started talking on the phone. On the phone. You would call her, like, at 5 o'clock every day, and I would pick up knowing it was you. It's a way to get to know you, and we it's became didn't you run? Didn't you pals. run up a crazy high phone bill because you were talking long distance? No, we weren't long distance. She that was, was in Australia. Australia. Oh, I mean, it was in oh, Australia. All the phone bills in Australia. Yeah. Oh. She used to call me in Australia, and she would, for $42,000 a minute, <laughs> she, she would say, do Walter Brennan talking oh, to Gary Cooper. <laughs> do it, do it, Ronnie. Okay. This is great. <laughs> Now, you've all heard Walter Brennan. Yes. Of course. But yes. you've not heard him talking to Gary Cooper. No. <laughs> Hey, boy. Hey, doing, son? Okay, Pop. <laughs> There's not a big call for Would that be the, the Westerner that, or Pride of the Yankees? That's, <laughs> that's great. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, price line. But she wouldn't leave the two of you alone until you got married. She, she was, was like... very instrumental in, in uh, you know, she's a wonderful person and a great friend. And I said, that's the best thing you ever did for me, was introducing me to Ron and pushing it. She did oh, I, this it. is the story about Australia, which he was about to tell. <laughs> he, she, he went to do Farlap in Australia. Oh, yeah. And he invited me to go. Now, I had been in Australia twice. Once for the love boat, we did the real cruise. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah two-hour love boat. And <laughs> once, a year, once a year, they did like a real cruise. Yeah. So we did the Fiji Islands. We ended up in Sydney. And the second time was a pilot. Oh, was that later? Aaron's Way in Adelaide. But anyway, so she said, you know, you, uh, Ron, I said, Ron invited me to come to Australia. And I said, but, you know, it's the other end of the earth. What do I need this for? She said, you will go. It is an investment in your life. <laughs> she was right. And uh, wasn't there a, 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 a clunky proposal, Ron? I read somewhere there was, you called yes. it, you referred to it as a Jerry Lewis proposal. It was. Oh, I, that's how I referred to it. Um, it was proposal on New Year's Eve in my New York apartment. She was still living in California. <clears throat> I never gave up my New York apartment because I didn't we like it. We still live in it. It's been remodeled Bravo. a little bit. But anyway, I was in a very long white bathrobe. I'd taken a bath. And she, she was seated in the living room. And my plan was to get down on one knee and then put out the little box in my hand and open the box and offer her the ring and ask her to marry me. So I tripped on the front of my bathroom. Hey, lady! <laughs> Went right into her. I uh, just humiliated myself. I was so <laughs> nervous. And I said, and you can do the, the punchline. I'll line. do my part. Um, and the box was still in my hand, and I was shaking. I said, will you marry me? And she and said, I said, if I say yes, can I see what's in the box? <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was 33 years ago. Yeah. Wow. 30 yeah, We just three. celebrated 33 years. Congratulations. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. We've both been married before. So between us, we have about 110 years of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it. <laughs> no more, huh? No, the second time around, it, it, it's true. It's better for us anyway. And now you've worked with George Siegel a few times. A lot. Me too. A lot. Yeah. Both of you. You too. That's right. Yeah. Where's yeah. Papa? Oh, Ron. my God. That's right. Sure. Both of you. George. So, and Jessica did a sitcom with him. I, yes, that's right. Yes. I did a sitcom and something else. I don't know, but I called him up one day and I said, I can't get rid of you. <laughs> get out of my life. George I, is one of our dream guests for this show. Oh, I oh, bet he would love, love it. He would yeah. love to Woody, do it. Woody, we'd love to have him. Yeah. Tell him not to bring the banjo or you'll never get a word in. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, that's fine. Oh, George and his banjo. Leave me alone with the banjo. <laughs> I used to love him playing the banjo yeah, on the cards. You know, show. he even played the banjo on Retired at 35. Yeah, I remember. We, we, we got that in there. It's probably yeah. in his contract. <laughs> it's pathetic. I, I heard that the reason he would bring the banjo on those talk shows was it, it was very uh, stressful for him to do the talk shows. It is for everybody, yeah. usually, yeah. And Except he here. felt like when he played the banjo... He was doing a performance of a guy having a great time. What an interesting thing to yeah. say. Yeah. 
That's an acting moment. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Acting. I don't want George to think we're sucking up to him, but I have to say, uh, for a guy that could do drama and comedy, yeah, he's you know, great. Yeah, and anything, absolutely great. You know, and films like A Touch of Class and and No Way to Treat a Lady, mm. and just and, yesterday, Brother Rat, Brother Rat, yeah. yeah. I mean, real range and ver- and funny. A lovely guy too. A really, really yeah. lovely person. I love even little films that people don't talk about, like The Duchess and the Dirtwater Fox. You know that film? It's very good. He's the reason I even got. I was always working in theater, <clears throat> and I hadn't done no film. And he came. We were friends. He came to see where uh, an off Broadway play I was doing, and he brought Carl Reiner with him. Oh. And Carl's came into my dressing room with George, and I said, "Would you like to play George's older brother in a in a movie?" And he laid the script on my dressing room table. Where's Papa? And uh, that's how I started making movies because of George. Sidney Hawkheiser, George's brother. <laughs> we were just watching a little bit of it. Frankie, do you have any of the uh, any of the Where's Papa thing? Uh, this is a great moment. You know who that child was? No. Oh, who? Mel Brooks's kid. Are you kidding? Max Carl. Brooks? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Who's now Max Brooks. How about that? Carl loaned him <laughs> from Mel. No, it was. I didn't know. At that the time. movie, I mean, Gilbert and I have talked about black comedies that they don't make anymore. It's very hard to make a comedy that dark. And you I mean, never saw gag. the original ending, which was much darker. Yes, there was a different ending. Yes, when he went to see her in the old age home and she said where's papa right and he said papa's home and he started to get into bed with her this they cut there was not nothing said he could have just laid down next to her right but the response to it was so negative from people <laughs> obviously they had problems these people and uh, so they changed the ending and I, I always thought the other ending was more apropos of the film However, there's it, it turns a little sad in the end too. With with Sorvino is running that uh, the old folks home. Can't you see I'm saving luncheon? Right. <laughs> right. But the scene where you try to make it through the park, when you when you when you're. <laughs> I can't say the name of the guy who was chasing. Oh, you could say it on this show. You can. Yeah, sure. Well, it's his just... name was Motherfucker. Right. Do you remember Gil? <laughs> motherfucker, not yeah, tonight, yeah. please. Motherfucker, not tonight, please. Don't take my clothes off tonight. Please. And the yeah. second time you go through in the ape suit. Yeah, it's a hilarious movie, and I, they really don't make comedies that dark anymore. Imagine a joke where the guy's choking his child to get his wife to move away from the door. It's so good. And I I saw this quote from the playwright Tony Kushner, and he says of you, of Ron, he is brave and theatrical in a way that no other stage actor is. That's true. How do I respond to that? <laughs> Will you do more of your Jerry and Dean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> working you see, over, Ron. See, I played, I played you a compliment. 
You know, you know, it, it, it's true because that's very lovely. Ron and I did Tartuffe in L.A. at the mm-hmm. LATC, and I was Elmir, and he was Tartuffe. <clears throat> and after one rehearsal, I said to him, "I said, is there nothing you will not do for a laugh?" I mean, it was so. I said, "Are you seriously considering doing?" And tell him what what it was. The thing with the shoelace. I can. Well, you well, have this to really is the, see it. <laughs> you can explain I can't, it. You can't explain it. You have to see it. You don't have any television cameras. Here. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried. What? <laughs> just, just... <laughs> I'll do it for a second. I was supposed to rape her on a table. Tartuffe. Or supposed attempt, to rape attempt. the lady of the house on uh-huh. a table under which the husband is hiding. It's a great Moliere moment. So all through rehearsal, she would have on capizios to push me away with her foot, or she would have on sneakers right. to push me. And came the dress rehearsal, and she had these long, laced boots, which I had never seen. And it was a dress rehearsal where there also was an audience, but we had never done it in full costume. So she put her leg up, and I saw these long laces, and I untied them, and I licked them from top to bottom. It was the first clitoral joke of the downtown Los Angeles. And you know what? It worked. I swear to God, it worked, or we wouldn't have ever done That's it again. Great. Yes. They well, used that picture in the ad. They used the picture of you licking the shoelace in the ad. Anyway. And Frank sent me a note last night because he knew I'd be Frank. excited by this. Yeah. Uh, you played Shylock in Merchant of Venice. At the public, yes, at the public theater. Can I ask you to do some of Hath Not A Jew Eyes? I don't remember. My memory is gone. That's why I'm teaching. (laughs) I only speak the truth here. If we got you any of it. I'll tell you the truth. I was a prostitute in Chicago. You didn't know that. There's all kinds of stuff I could tell you. What was Ruth Gordon like before we jump off Where's Papa, Ron? She was very quiet. She was a legendary performer. Yeah, she was our mother. Ruth Gordon yeah. played George and our mother. Yeah, and where's mother. Papa? Yeah. Uh, I can't really say anything. She was, she was there, but she didn't really talk a lot, and she was a wonderful actress. She was just a wonderful... Remember when she won the Academy Award at 80? Yeah, she was, was 72. Was it Rosemary's and, Baby? Yes. Yeah. It was Best Supporting Actress, and she said... This was her speech... I must say this is very encouraging. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) She was 72 years old. We never knew if she was serious or if she was kidding. Well, she was kidding, obviously. I've got the Shylock speech here. Oh, for God's sake. I I don't remember it. (laughs) I swear. We have it on the phone. You want to take a look and see? Just do one line. Yes, yes. Make him happy, Ron. Two lines, two. Oh, my God. No, I really can't do it. He won't. Oh, All right. Okay. But, you know. I can't do it. That's how it is. Some, uh, moving right along. Okay. <laughs> Listen, he gave you Walter Brennan. I know. What the hell do you want? And Gary Cooper. And Gary Can Cooper. Can you do Walter Brennan as Shiloh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Has it not a Jew eyes? <laughs> I want to ask Jessica, and we'll, yes. move, we'll we'll keep it moving. But I want to ask Jessica a little bit more about Play Misty for me. Oh, which that was I, such a great role. Which I watched last night again, oh. and I mean I've seen it many times. It's it, it's it's a terrifying <clears throat> character, but there's there's 
there's a lot of depth to the character. I mean, there, you, you manage to make, she's not a garden variety psycho. You manage to make her both seductive and sympathetic. Oh, which must have I been so. no no small feat. Well, you know, I I just thought of her as the girl next door. I I didn't never thought of her as crazy or psychotic. Yeah, I think that was the key. That it was really she had to have this man or die. It was that simple. Right. It's kind of like an early fatal attraction. Yeah, I mean, fatal it attraction was. owes well, a lot was, to yeah. it. it, 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 it yeah, was. Was. it was. Exactly it was the first. Was. It was. <clears throat> I mean, she's unstable, but you feel mm-hmm. sorry for her. Oh, I'm glad. And she's a, mm-hmm. and she loves poetry. I mean, she's it's it's not she's then she yeah, loves yeah. she loves Errol Garner, obviously. <laughs> the trick of playing villains is to get yeah. the audience to have sympathy for the for the villain. Is to find their vulnerability. See, that was the vulnerability. Yeah. If she didn't have this man, she would die. Right. That's a strong goal. I've heard you say too that you you like playing bitches better than the Miss Vanilla Ice Cream yes, characters. Yes. Oh. I've said that. It's true. You know, first of all, you have a much longer career if you're not playing little sweet sea ingenues. Right, right. And I remember I once went up for a John Wayne movie. I forget which one. But anyway, his son was the producer, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Wayne. And I was so sure I would get it, everything. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I met, I didn't meet John Wayne, but I met Patrick and the director, whoever that was. And then it came back, the feedback was... We don't see her as the the gal, you know, standing at the gate while he runs off into the sunset with the horse. We don't see her as that kind of gal. I never got those sweetsy parts. Good. Thank goodness. I know. Well, They're boring. Yet I saw yeah. you in a Western clip of an episode called The Name of the Game. Oh, with my wa- God. With Warren Oates, where you wrestle a woman. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that clip. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's on YouTube. People but you can know find something? it. I also wrestled a woman in a thing called Women in Chains. It was a movie of the week, and Ida Lupino was the warden, and oh, I was Ida her helper. Ida Lupino, wow. And that woman, Joyce, the blonde woman who was married to this— Joyce Van Patten? No, no, we know Joyce. Oh, no, we no, 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 that she was Anyway, I wrestled her, so I've wrestled a couple of dames. <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert just perked up. Yes. <laughs> if you can make me a clip of this in oh, a yes, I'd like God. to watch that myself. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and you're like one of those actors who, with millions of movies, TV shows, stage uh, productions, when if you show a picture of you, they're going to go, oh, that's that guy from Friends. Yeah. Dr. Green. That's Everybody very... says that, oh, we yeah. know you from Friends. That just tells you what the power of television. And, uh, yeah. Quality problems. Yes. Well, I didn't even want to do it when they asked me. But our, our daughters, oh, you got to do it. You got to do oh, it. I got to meet those kids. You got to meet those kids. You got to do it. So oh. she, she pushed me into it. I wasn't going to do it. Oh, wow. I'm a, I'm a very difficult person. You probably... <laughs> Seen that by She made me do Joni Loves Chachi. Oh, That's wow. right. You did Joni Loves Chachi. Me, I said, Joni Loves Chachi. She said, Mom, Mom, I'll be so good. It'll be on the block. Everybody will be talking about it. It was a big hot show with kids. There is no show you didn't do, Jessica. Yeah. That's quite true. Oh, tell them about the blue lighting. Oh, any, you know, you remember, was it Universal? That had Universal blue and Paramount kind of too. lighting and film. 
Anytime that comes up, honey, you're on. The blue lighting on all those shows, blue Maddox. Blue lighting. Oh, oh interesting. Oh. It's this little tint. It probably was cheap as well. Probably. <laughs> cheap film. <laughs> wasn't day for night, was it? They were just... No, no it was just had, there night. was a certain lighting of those mm. 70s shows. I was doing research for the show, and we knew you'd done a lot of stuff. But I, I said to Gilbert, there wasn't a cop show or a detective show or a medical show between 1965 True. and 1985 that you didn't do. I was really lucky. I mean... I really was to, to work all the time. Yeah. Cannon, and Banachek, still? McLeod, Kin- Quincy, Ma- Mannix, oh Columbo, Cannon, alias Smith and Jones, which oh we my talked God. with the, the late Pete Duell. And Mission Impossible and the and the Immortal and I mean it just yeah a lot of movies of the weeks and a lot of movies of yeah. the week yeah Black Market Baby I thought I was mar- marrying a high class boy <laughs> <laughs> her father played with the NBC played under that's right under Toscanini and I thought I was <laughs> and on a honeymoon what is she reading I figured Pride and Prejudice I, she's reading the June Allison story. <laughs> Those books. Me too. Those books. Me too. We read a lot of them for this show. T- tell us a little bit about Amy Prentice, which was a spinoff of, oh, of Ironside. Ironside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, it was a two-hour Ironside, and, and it was not meant to be a pilot, but they liked the character. Wasn't it one of the NBC mystery yeah, movies? Yeah, it was in that yeah. wheel. Yeah. The wheel. They called it the, the wheel. wheel. And I got a call one day from my, my agent. He said, "Are you sitting down?" I said, Ooh, "What?" He said, "They want to do it as a series in the in the in the wheel." Like two hour shows or an hour and a half, so we did. It didn't last, but right. You did. What did you do? Four of them, and you won an Emmy. We did four two hours. Yes, I did win an Emmy with Art Matrano, Gil. I love him. I love him. The best. Our friends Frank DeCaro and Jim Colucci are here, and they're loving these references. I love Art. You don't hear an Art Matrano reference every day, do you, Jim? And Helen Hunt played your daughter. Helen Hunt, it was her first job. Yeah. Oh she was nine God. years old. Yeah. Wow. Nine years, and I knew then she was going to be special. There was something and, about her. And Ron, you were uh, Jennifer Aniston's father. Yes, and she sends me no money. Yeah. <laughs> but the resemblance between the two of you is uncanny. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm getting an erection. Look oh, at my you. God. I'll be thinking about you tonight. What is an erection? He really <laughs> I really like Jennifer. I love Jennifer. I love Jennifer and, and David. Most of my stuff was with Jennifer mm-hmm. and David. And uh, I enjoyed it, yeah. I said, God, you people work hard. <laughs> I've pretty much stayed away from television as much as I could because I love the rehearsal process that you have in the theater. I love those four weeks of discovery and finding stuff and inventing stuff. And uh, you don't get that in weekly television. You, you learn your lines and you're thrown up there. I just did a play. Tell us about <laughs> Tell us about Sorry, it. Sorry, sweetie. To no, that was great timing. <laughs> Well, but we only had two weeks rehearsal. That's why I thought of it. For, for Bucks County Playhouse. Yeah, what you did Steel Magnolias? We did Magnolias. Steel Magnolias yeah. with Susan Sullivan yeah. and Tisha Richardson. Yeah. It was such a great... And Marsha Mason directed. Wow, Marsha Mason. Glad to see yeah, her yes. around. The most wonderful person. Oh, we love Cinderella Liberty. Yes. And the Goodbye Girl. James Caan. Yeah. Correct. I just did yes. a movie with James Caan. As a matter of fact, Frank... Didn't we just do the ADR for James Caan movie? Frankie Verderosa. Did we work on that? 
Was and it you? Wasn't it you last week? Or it may have been the other Frank. No, no, it was you. It was me. Okay. Yeah. It. <laughs> it was like five mm-hmm. lines for for ADR for um, Operation Insanity with James Conn. I I remember uh, Cinderella Liberty. <clears throat> One of our guests was Paul Williams. Who wrote the theme song? That's right. Do, you, do it for us. Okay. Oh, don't, don't encourage him, Jessica. <laughs> You're very kind, Jessica. You're very kind. Too kind. Hello. What a simple way to start a love affair. Should I jump right in and say how much I care? <laughs> Would you take me for a madman or a simple-hearted clown? Hello, with affection from a sentimental fool <laughs> through a li- to a little girl who's oh broken God. every rule. One that brings me up when all the others seem to let me down. I cannot believe this. <laughs> Did you ever hear anybody do How long is his contract with this show? <laughs> It's just, it's just been terminated. This is it. This is the final We're here show, for the last show. He does a great Paul Williams, but we had John Biner on the show. And John, they did matching Paul Williams or dueling yeah, Paul we Williams. Was, we <laughs> sang the really duet great. back and forth. It was so much fun. <laughs> now, you won an Emmy for Amy Prentice, and it got canceled. And this leads me to, to Ron winning and speaking of winning Emmys for canceled shows. Tell us about Cass. It ran one season, <laughs> and then I won the Emmy Award, and I thank CBS for the opportunity. <laughs> television is strange that way. It is awfully strange, and it you know I knew nothing about television, but I had this contract with uh, CBS, and I was working in the theater, and they said, well, you got to do something. We keep paying you. So um, I wrote the idea. But he had a deal, a deal with CBS. We don't say contract, we say deal. Oh. So people understand. Sorry, sweetie. So what did you want to know about? <laughs> I, I, love, I love the back and forth that they have worked out. <laughs> so the show got on the air. Oh, I know, because I didn't know anything about television. And there come the first Sunday night, it, it was on. It's about an ex-con who becomes an attorney. And I, yes, an yeah. ex-con, which is possible if, in certain states. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And... Um, it was really a Les Miserables story that his past kept following him, all the negative people from his past, and he was trying to change his life. I always found that an interesting subject. And um, what was my point? You didn't have a good experience. Well, you, you co-wrote the show, and you co-created the show. Yeah. I think they, the idea but, was that we only, we only get Emmys for canceled shows. Yeah. I, no, we've been nominated for other Emmys, but, and they were successes. That we Isn't that interesting? We didn't win them. And you were in a movie that's popped up on this podcast for all the wrong reasons. Oh, you're going for it, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, I told yes. him about that. <laughs> Which one? The, about, uh, the Up the Academy? Yes. Up yes. The, oh, you were warned. Just, just an, you know, it, and, and I should warn the audience, this is not one of those so bad it's good. It's just plain bad. Now, so in that movie, you actually had your name taken off it. It was a different script when I originally agreed to do it. You know who the director was? Robert Rob- Downey Sr. Yeah, Bob Downey. Of all people. Who you liked. I loved him. We were in this together. But then, just before we began shooting, they presented a totally different script. 
and they put what me worry character from yes. oh Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, I said this is not what I signed on for. I thought of myself as a little classier than that <laughs> fool that I was, um, and I said, well, I'm going to take my. They wanted my name above the title at that point in my in my career, and I said, you're going to have to take it off, or I'm not going to do the film. And I said, well, what billing do you want? I said, let me see the film when we put it all together. And I had an idea it wasn't going to be wonderful. You know, Bob Downey Jr. was in it. Oh, yeah. Yes. He didn't have any yeah. lines, yes. but his father threw him in there. <laughs> there was a lot of talent in the picture. Tom Poston was in it. And, yeah, and, sweet man. <laughs> yeah. Sweet and, man. and not only did you have your name removed, but there was a statue of Alfred E. Newman yeah. in the movie that Mad Magazine had removed. Oh, I didn't know that. We had yeah. a couple that's, of, that's yeah. great trivia. We had a couple of editors here for Mad Magazine a few weeks ago, and, and William M. Gaines, the publisher of Mad, also paid something like $350,000 to have Mad's name removed. Or oh, It wasn't that Mad's name was removed, but they removed all visual references to the hmm. mascot. That's, that's a bad Newman. film. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Dear me. <laughs> Sky is falling. That was a play Ron was in, Dear Me the Sky is Falling. My first Broadway play. Oh, wow. Dear Me the Sky is Falling. Oh, tell the story. (laughs) Tell the story. This is a great one. She's no longer with us. She loved to control. She had a a real control thing. And it didn't happen to me. She had a big stomach. And she used to turn sideways and make hand gestures where she wanted the actors to move. The audience couldn't see her hand. <clears throat> and uh, we opened in New Haven, and she got a big laugh, and it was an actor named Michael Basleon who was on stage with her. She wouldn't have done this with me because she knew I was nuts already, so she wouldn't have tried <laughs> me. But she's, the audience laughed in a place she didn't expect, and she said to him, don't move, they're laughing, they're laughing, don't move, don't move, it's dying, now you walk across the stage. She's doing this oh, un- under her, under like, her you breath. Know. While you're laughing, speaking you're laughing. of cont- you know, like cont- a ventriloquist. How would you like somebody doing it? Oh. No, she didn't do it with me. She had me fired every other day, and then <laughs> the producer kept rehiring me. So. I want to say one positive thing about Up the Academy, but friend, this is the New York Times. The New York Times <laughs> raved about Ron's performance. Vincent Canby said, "Ron Liebman is magnetic in the role." Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I found this while digging. Put your name I... back on, quick. <laughs> and I, I found another review where they referred to the eternally marvelous Ron Liebman. Oh. So there you go. I never read these things. I'll send them to you. Another thing is about reviews. When they're awful, they last forever. And if you're in a play and they're wonderful, they always pick a moment they like. And if you read that, that moment is gone oh, the next night. Because what you're thinking of is the review rather than what produced that wonderful moment. You want to repeat that review, basically, I guess. It's in your head. You can't get it out of your head. So don't read reviews. Yeah. Sing. (laughs) I've heard actors say that in stage plays, that they'll get a review on one line they do. It'll never be the same. Yes. It'll never be as fresh or as what attracted the critic in the first place. So best to read them when the play closes. <laughs> or not at all. 
Or have people like you tell tell Ron how wonderful he was? I'll, I'll, I never I'll, read those reviews. Thank you for the. I'll answer. dig it out for you. Well, mm-hmm. as long as we're torturing Ron, do we want to bring up? And he brought it up himself. Yes. Before we turned the mics on, we had mentioned that Bruce Dern had done the show, and then Ron said, "I did a movie with Bruce yes. Dern." And <laughs> it's a movie that has come up on this show before. One Town Tom, the dog who saved Hollywood. So <laughs> one. And I played Rudolph Valentino, whose name wasn't Rudolph Valentino in the movie. It was Rudy something or other. I think it was Rudy Montague. Rudolph Montague. The, how yeah. wonderful. I yeah. remember that. And, he did uh, he, research, Ronnie. The character <laughs> used to... <laughs> it's not all You there. really work. This guy sits here and sings yeah. his pathetic song. Exactly. <laughs> and he does all the work. Why don't you try singing a little bit? Uh, I was hired from my voice. <laughs> Rock by your baby without Dixie Melody. So uh, what was the point about Wonton Tom? Wonton Tom, the dog who said, I have, I met Madeline Kahn on that That's on a that great movie. cast. I met Terry Garr on that sure. movie. We had it, and I like Bruce very much. And we were both members of the actor's studio. And we said, what the hell are we doing in this movie? <laughs> well, uh, well but, Phil Silver's and Art Carney you also acted with in that film. I have no memory and of this. And Wan I mean, there were a lot of people. Everyone. Zsa Gabor was in there. Yeah. The Ritz yeah. Brothers. John Carradine, Johnny Weissmuller. Oh yeah, Rudy Valley. Harry Ritz, yeah. who was the lead of the three Ritz Brothers who played the mountains and cabarets, was the guy they all stole from. Where Jerry goes, <laughs> Harry Ritz was doing that first, making those funny Interesting. sounds. And they all took for uh, Jan Murray told that story once. Everyone wow. stole from Harry Rich. And I got to see them. I can't do it because we're not on television. But why they were so funny when they'd sing putting on the Ritz. And uh, Harry Rich would see a girl in the, and he would step and they'd have to pull him back. The next time they went around the stage, he'd go, to pull him back. And finally he went, ah, they, they. There's a little Charlie Callis in there, too. You remember Charlie Callis? I do, of course. Indeed. He used to do those kind of sounds. If you ever saw Martin and Lewis, my parents were nightclub people. They loved to go to nightclubs, and they just loved to go to the Copacabana. And I never understood why he always got a table put down in front, because he was in the clothing business. But his partner was not in the clothing business. Oh. You see? So we got, and I got to see Martin and Lewis in their native habitat, which is where they began in Jersey, um, in the Copacabana, live. Martin and Lewis live was something to behold. I know it wasn't classy. I know it wasn't sophisticated, but it was funny. Who did you miss uh, in the Copa? Wink, wink. Oh, I was just going to get to that. My wife was a Copa girl. <laughs> did you lie about your age to become a Copa I did, girl? I did. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about that. Well, Some you know, tell me, I, it was, I think it was 1957 or so. Anyway, Luba Lisa, whose real name is Luba Goodnick, she was in the, well, we all went to. <laughs> Luba Goodnick. Uh, I uh, love the name. <laughs> we, uh, she, be, actually, she became quite well known for a while before she tragically died in an airline crash at 26. But anyway, we went to performing arts high school, right? Two blocks away from here. One block. And uh, she was in the dance department. I was in the drama department at PA. And when, and we used to go home on the subway together, which was then the BMT. We would take the BMT to Queens Plaza. She'd get off. I'd go 
further into Astoria. Gilberta, you you you, you yes. remember the BMT and all that? Oh stuff? my yeah. God! Yeah, sure. Anyway, so she said, "Oh, I'm going to go try out for the Copa." She was a dancer. So I'm going to try out for the Copa. And I'm so scared to go alone. Would you like go with me? I said, "Yeah, I'll go with you." So we go and we go into the nightclub part, and there's a guy, you know, whatever. Luba walks across the stage. Well, I don't. Know. Anyway, and this guy says, "So, uh, girly, you you, 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 come on, come on out here." It was really a guy with that kind of voice, and. Uh, I said, but I'm just here with a friend. Said, come on, come on. So I walk across the thing. I have my school books in, in my arm. We didn't have uh, backpacks in wow. those days. And he said, you know, lift your skirt, of course, just above the knee in those days. you know. And I got the job. She never spoke to me again. Oh, my God. And you became I, a, I got the a job. Copa girl. Yes. She was your Copa girl. For the summer. Wow. Was Jules Podell yes. still yes. around in those days? Yes. But it was the summer, so we had people like... Um, Ricky Lane in Belleville. Oh, that's oh the worst acting show that's come up on this that show. That is the worst. Ricky Lane in Belleville? Well, Paul Schaefer was on one of yes. our first shows. They and apparently both they were big the in Canada. Way. How can you be a ventriloquist? How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Are you really fine? Yes, I am. It's the same voice for both the guy and the. Right. didn't quite get it. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have their big. Ricky big Lane in Belleville. Yeah, they oh, didn't the have their big. Or Sullivan Act. Yeah, the great Paul, Valentine was a great. Oh, we love oh, Paul Valentine. Yes, he cut the tie up and put it in the hat. Sure, and break an egg, and he'd bring it up back up, and it was a broken egg and a tie that was dripping, and it, he destroyed the guy's tie. <laughs> yeah, and never you know, returned. You know, at the it. Copa, when I, during the summer they had a, it did, did not go over. Mort Saul. Oh the wow! Copa. Wow! The That's audience was not like, a good oh, booking. Not a good booking, but the summer they were desperate. Yeah. I guess he was, too. I don't know. I heard Carl Ballantyne, when he was really old, he would get up in the morning and, like, the garbage men would recognize him. And what, from go, McHale's Navy? And yeah, stuff? yeah. Yeah, they go, you're Carl Ballantyne. Can, can can we take a can we have an autograph or take a picture with you? And he goes, yeah, for five dollars. <laughs> and they'd give him the five dollars and he'd go to like a burger place and have lunch. Oh. I always thought Art Matrano was a little bit just ma- oh, maybe like a yes. little homage to Carl Ballantyne because they both had the well Carl Carl had the bad magic act and Art had no act. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Art, Art just had the the, the handkerchief. <laughs> You know, the thing about art that people don't realize, well, they do if they've seen him in a dramatic show, he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. actor. Yeah. Wonderful. He yeah. was on Kaz, too. He was wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> I, nice, nice. I remember him in a short-lived series with Jamie Farr called the Chicago Teddy Bears. Anybody And, and Marvin Kaplan. Remember Marvin, Marvin Kaplan? Marvin, of course. We had Marvin. him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Oh, yeah. my God. He he's... was very big with the Screen Actors Guild. Yes, he's, not, he's, nine, he's 90. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah, we he was terrific. We're a terrific guest for us. Oh, you're you're a fan of old comedy, uh, Ron. Someone told me you were a Lenny Bruce fan too. Oh, oh, major. So was George Hamilton, which was a big surprise. Wow. When we did uh, whatever that was, Zorro the Gay Blade. Zorro the Gay Blade. Um, I thought George was going to be a jerk, a Hollywood jerk. He turned out to be the most sophisticated guy, and he turned out that Lenny Bruce was his favorite comedian. That takes a certain amount of sophistication, I think, because uh, I love Lenny Bruce. Now, yeah. you've never played in Lenny, I guess. <clears throat> I was asked to do it in London, and uh, I couldn't do it. I oh. was doing something else, yeah. It seems like it would have been a perfect, yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. for you. Cliff Gorman did it. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Sure, Cliff yeah. Gorman. And then Dustin in the movie, Hoffman. Yeah. 
Can we ask you guys some questions that of our course. that our fans sent us as we wind this down? Absolutely. And let you get on with your lives. God, this has been fun. Um, just gonna, I'm just going to run through a couple of these quick, Gil, if that's okay. Yes. Steve Camilli, uh, I just saw Jessica on stage in Steel Magnolias. Can you ask oh. her if she has a particular standout stage experience? Hmm. Was it? <laughs> Ron, Ron, Ron is pointing, is pointing to him. Yes. I was her stage experience. <laughs> so many. I, you know, I don't know. It's strange. There was one play I did photo finish with Peter Ustinov. I was very young and I can't explain it. Very rarely when you're on stage there's you have this kind of surreal, ethereal kind of experience where you're one with the audience and, and it's like magic. I had a moment like that in the, in that play. Do you remember this piece of music? Frank, do we have this queued up by chance? This is speaking of Jessica in in the theater. I do stand by. You might get a kick out of this. Oh, oh my God! Why can't you behave? Of course, kiss me, Kate. Yeah, that was Michael Callan. You and Michael Callan. Is he still around? I don't remember know. Michael Callan. Oh yeah, Gilbert, Mickey, yeah. Mickey yes. Callan. Mickey I think Callan. he went live. Yeah. A lot of work. Uh, and oh, look at the picture he's got going there from Grand Prix with an umbrella. Oh, my God. We do deep research here. <laughs> we do. Damn. You did that for television in the 60s? Yes, you know, for Kate? Armstrong Circle Theater. Wow. Yeah, those were the days. My with Robert Goulet and Carol Lawrence were the... Sure. They were, they were married. They were yeah. married, yeah. Here's a question. Julie Munchen. Oh, sorry. Ahead, Here's Gil. a question that I, that I want to... Because both of you are such experienced stage actors. Do What do you do? Do you ever have those moments where you've been on stage and you feel like, I just don't have a grasp of this? Like in some scene or the whole thing. You mean it was off that night or you never yeah, had well, a Yeah, like, yeah, some, some maybe off that night or maybe if you never felt like the character was totally yours or anything like that. Very little of that because I was always very careful about what I, what I would do. If I had no connection, I wouldn't do it. I just would I would turn it down much to agents chagrin because they want you to do everything so they can make their ten percent. But I wouldn't do a lot of stuff. I, you don't get a medal for that. It's just for yeah. me. Just for me. I don't preach it. Yeah. For young actors who I teach all the time now. Uh, no. No, but I sure have had those moments where you think you're flying, and there's nothing like it. Mm -hmm. that's, what I, that's a good way to put it, Ronnie. Like you're flying. You're flying, absolutely flying. On, on Very stage. rare. Wow. I, I had that in Angels. I had that almost every performance because the writing of that character was so brilliant and so what I've... We're talking about playing the nasty people. They're always mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Isn't Iago more interesting than Othello? He is sure. to me. And uh, for the record, I was the voice of Iago. <laughs> oh my God! Hey, Iago, the, uh, the parrot. Oh, the, <laughs> yes, the actual I, I, Iago. I read that about you. We've yeah. researched you a little <laughs> oh. bit too, you know. Now go back, Ron. <laughs> we have looked you up. <laughs> We Googled you. And, um, <laughs> just to see if he was okay. <laughs> it's good, quite an interesting history. Of yes, we're oh, very yes. impressed with you, Gilbert. Your childhood, you were influenced by comedy deeply, yes? It, yes. It really hit your heart. 
my first realization that life was had I did not have a particularly happy childhood and not unusual as actors go but what saved my life was the Marx Brothers Oh when yeah! I discovered oh, oh, the that's nice to hear. And people said they're surreal. I said, no, they're not surreal. That's reality, man. <laughs> that's the reality I understand. Uh, make that three hard boiled legs. <laughs> I didn't know he was such a gifted mimic. He really has. I've yes. seen him do voices in movies. He's very good. Yeah. You know, he's uh, he's Ron Cadillac in Archie. I know that. Yeah. But I haven't seen him. I didn't know he could do Walter Brennan and Groucho <laughs> and Jerry. <laughs> It's yeah. pathetic, isn't it? Gilbert Sad. got on stage at the fi- at 15 for the first time. Doing in, well. Uh, stand, yeah. Stand I, I, yeah. I just some open mic night. Oh, my God. What yeah. courage. Yeah, or stupidity. It's what? No, that's a courage. Yeah, you aren't stupid. I don't see you as a stupid No, kid. you're not yeah. stupid. You sing, no too, you sing much too much, but... <laughs> I see you as a smart kid. I'm I'm serious. We've known each other a long time. And the first time I saw him on stage at a club called The Comic Strip, he was doing material about Ben Gazzara. Oh, my God. (laughs) Norman Fell. And I I was one of those kids that read credits and watched. And I thought, who is this person that would get on stage? And I wondered how many people. Good for you. Yeah. Really esoteric references. He's a friend of mine. And to this day, I still do imitations of John MacGyver. Remember John MacGyver from Midnight Cowboy? He'll do the voice. You'll recognize him. Do the voice. Do, do the it, voice. Do heavy set guy. Yeah. He would eat bald, heavy set. He'd usually be a pompous authority figure. And it was always, everything in this hotel must be run according to schedule. Yes, yes, no, I know who it is. <laughs> Absolutely no. You should do an evening of obscure references. <laughs> John MacGyver. hour and a half. We hardly knew you. <laughs> We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast, but first, a word from our sponsor. Here's here's one for Ron from Facebook. Ron was unforgettable in Super Cops and Norma Ray. Uh, how did he like working in Opelika, Alabama? Opelika. Opelika, sorry. And he's played a lot of real-life characters. Has he ever met any? Yeah, I met the guy in Super Cops who was a guy. Oh, Greenberg. Greenberg wound up in prison. That would have been a more interesting movie than the one that <laughs> Oh, we, we like made. Super Cops. That's another one of those movies where you get to see old New York. And Norma Ray, um, I met Marty Ritt, had a meeting with Marty Ritt, who should be on your list of wonderful directors. Mm. Yeah, Ritt. also blacklisted. Yes. And yeah. He did yeah. Sounder. He did The Long Hot oh, Summer. I love his work. But I sat in, sat in his office and he said, I'm going to have to ask you to, I know your career is where it is, we don't have to ask you to audition, because if it doesn't work between you and Sally, we have no movie. It becomes a documentary about forming a union, and that's not a movie, that's a documentary. <clears throat> what a smart man. So I work with Sally. We never met each other, and it was one of those moments. We did a scene for them, and the chemistry whatever you want to call it. It was there. And we have remained friends through the years. Uh, you were the union organizer, right? Yeah, yeah. I was the one out to get her and mm-hmm. change her life. It was a, like Pygmalion Galatea story. And um, it was wonderful. That that was an experience that is unforgettable as Angels was in the theater. Norma Ray was. I'm a lucky guy. I just realized that. Your Look Tony speech is very like touching, by the way. Watched it. It's on YouTube. Which is? Your Tony acceptance speech oh. for Angels. It's, it's 
Short, oh. short and sweet. Thank you so much. He thanked us for 563 producers. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. thank the 563 <laughs> producers. I think I gave you 30 seconds. <laughs> Here, here's one for you, Jessica. Yes. Someone, uh, Greg Pair, P-A-I-R, please ask Jessica about her turn as Morgan Le Fay in oh Marvel's Doctor God. Strange movie. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Any memories of that? That's a... <laughs> well, I'll tell you... That... <laughs> Memories, we, um, you know, I, I she comes back as you know five hundred years old or something in mm-hmm. the end, and I had to have that face mask that they do. They build the old age thing. It's like claustrophobic. What do they call that, Ron? The life mask. You know, a, a mask of you, and then they make it. Yeah, old. a life. It mask. is a life mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I own a few of those of other actors. And it was. I remember that Gosh. they like. You have to be put in plaster. 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 Yeah. You know, and it dries and, and on you. It's very I, frightening. They've done it of me where they, like, put a straw in yeah, your nose. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. yes. Oh and, my God. and you do. You are lying there, and you're going, Ugh. even if you're not claustrophobic. You become claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I remember that about it. And, and I thought it was a pretty good movie of the week. Now they're going to do it, I hear, uh, as a movie. A, a they're doing movie, it as movie. a big budget movie, yeah. 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 I happened. did that for Slaughterhouse-Five because the guy at the end, Lazaro. Yeah, you were the psycho. Yeah, he get once again, uh, onto the breach, dear friends. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, he's an old man, so I had to do that. Oh, that was scary. But those people are real artists who do that, the makeup oh, people. Oh, my God. Oh. These are the guys at Universal. Did you yeah, know yeah. at Universal? They had a whole department. For John them. something famous. He, John he, Chambers. Yes, John Chambers. <clears throat> now, oh, John, that I can remember. I can't John, remember my name, what happened yesterday. <laughs> John Chambers, I think that's the makeup artist who that whole Argo incident was based yes, on. Yes, yes. Where they went to the Middle East and oh, said they were, yeah. Right. Yeah. That John Goodman played him. Yeah. Yeah. And since mm-hmm. you both work for Lamette, which we talked about before, but we talked about the group, mm-hmm. and I want to ask Ron about night, uh, a good performance and uh, as the DA in Night Falls on Manhattan. Yes. He had seen me in Angels and wanted me to, to play this character. And uh, I love working with him and Andy Garcia. If you ever have a sweet guy on, get get Andy. What a, oh, we'll try. What a lovely we'll man. We'll try. Lovely and We're trying to get Dreyfus. Dreyfus was in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Klinghoffer. He played Klinghoffer, right? He kept pushing his glasses. <laughs> Do the thing that you did. Oh, oh I used to drive him crazy <laughs> off camera. And it would swing around and I'd be in the shot and he was walking around there. I would stick a tissue in my nose. <laughs> the camera didn't see it. But Dreyfus would see it. Just trying to shake some reality into his performance. Stop it. He doesn't mean that. I'm teasing, Richard. Richard. It's the truth. (laughs) I was in the the show with Richard. We're changing the subject right now. What what did you do with him? Victory at Antony. Oh, sure. Sure, with Kirk Douglas and... All those big stars. Helen Hayes is in that. Theo Bacal, Helen Hayes. Oh, you want to hear the worst? Tell us. What? Yes. That's so, all we want to hear. <laughs> okay, this is good. That's so uh, there I am sitting on the set waiting with with Miss Hayes, who was the first lady of the American Theater. This was like 1976. And the AD comes over and he says to darling little Helen Hayes with her little gray hair, he said, excuse me, are you the teacher for the kids? <gasps> oh. And I said, 
This is the first lady of the American theater. Tell him about, it wasn't him, tell him about the sound guy. You were working with a sound guy in the last couple of years, and you said, you know, like... Oh, no, that I know what that was, yeah, about, okay, that wasn't a sound guy. What that, who that, what, what was that? It's an engineer. No, you know what it was? About the Judy Garland? Yeah. Okay. So I was up at SBV, my agents in L.A., wow, long ago. Still my agents, the best. And um, here that's Cynthia. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is. And I go in to read, you know, audition. Look how I'm looking over the microphone here. Okay, watch this, Gilbert. Let me see. And I go in to audition. They have, you know, one of these young up-and-coming agents who does the recording with you, you know, and he kind of runs the machine or whatever in, the, in those days. And I looked at the copy and I said, you know, what do you think about this? It, was, it says, think Judy Garland. You know, they always do that. That's how I got Arrested Development, actually. It said, think Jessica Walter, my agent, Cynthia. I said, mm, why don't I call and tell them that <laughs> nice I, move. you'd like to do it? <laughs> okay. Nice. So, I love uh, that. On the copy. So that's a whole other story. Well, anyway, um, so I, it says, think I said, what do you think that means? And he said, who's Judy Garland? This is a person who's working at an agency, theatrical agency, who wants to be an agent and says, who's Judy Garland? I ask you people. Here's, a, here's, a, here's two last ones, quick oh, ones. Uh, Ron Lehman is unforgettable in a film called Your Three Minutes Are Up. Oh, my with God. With Bo Bridges. Bridges. I would love oh. to hear his thoughts on that one. <laughs> we became very close friends, and, and uh, we had a hell of a time. It was an independent, small-budget film. And uh, I fell in love with Bo, and then, of course, we did Norma Ray together, and then he asked me to do a movie that he was directing, so we worked together three times. That whole family is a wonderful family, the, the Bridges family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice, good people. And uh, we had a nice time. I don't know, have any strange memories. We just had a good time doing yeah. it. Lloyd and Bridges it, was in the, in, the, in the Fiji, Australia love boat. That's right. I spent two weeks on a boat with him. You're also nice in the fir- you're also in the very first episode of Flipper, which is the I trivia. Was. <laughs> I was I was in the first episode of Flipper, and yes. you want to hear the awful what they did? <laughs> I thought this is my new favorite episode. I it was actually I think it was the pilot of Flipper, but anyway, so we're out there on the sea, and it, the the basis of the story was that a helicopter had dropped some medical stuff and it didn't hit the boat it went down into the sea so flipper has to go find it and and bring it up (laughs) so they have a helicopter you know and out (gasps) comes the dolphin into the sea and i said oh my god that's so amazing they said well he's a dead frozen dolphin then (laughs) then they had they had sandy you know the pelican I said, look how this bird doesn't move, and you know it's not chained to anything. Well, we broke its wings. I mean, oh. I couldn't believe it. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh. Well, th- maybe I shouldn't have told that story. Well, that's okay. We'll cut oh, that one in the. We'll, we'll put that with the. Uh, yeah, what with is the, the public yeah, theater? Yeah. All right. All right. Although that is an interesting thing, because it's kind of like how they used to kill horses. And yeah, all those old long westerns. Ago. Yeah, yeah, before the before, there was no humane. Yeah. You know, the, the no animals were. Well, hungry. you can make up for that story by telling Gilbert what Raymond Burr was really like. <laughs> oh, I liked Raymond Burr. We're fans. 
of what Raymond Miller? Yeah, yeah. You know, the best thing about when I would come home from Steel Magnolias, it's it's in New Hope, Pennsylvania, and they don't the, the apartment that was offered had like three stations, and one of them is Me TV. Oh, out which of New we've, Jersey, been, we've been watching it, yeah. In which Jersey, I love. And the station. best thing, I'd come home, get the, home about 11.30, and watch Perry Mason on Me TV. Those were, I love those old shows. Yeah. We you watch were. Columbo on Sunday nights. Yeah, Sunday yeah. nights. Me TV is in Pound Ridge where we have a country house. And we we watch Columbo. You find your episode? I, 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 <laughs> we, we, did, we did once find my episode. They had it on. You also did McLeod, McMillan and Wife, Tenafly. check. Banachek, Tenafly with James McEachin from Play Misty oh, for Me. The best. Yeah, we brought these shows up yes, on here. Yes, the, the black TV detective. I was working Tenafly. off Broadway for 45 hours a week. <laughs> I didn't know her then. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. You worked arguably as, as much as any actress, any television More. actress. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was very lucky. Yeah. It's quite you know, you know, It's never luck. You one of those lucky. shows, um, the Robert Stack one in Name of the Game. What was it called? Uh, oh, oh the, my uh, God. The Robert yes. Stack. Uh, yeah. The Untouchables? No, no. It was in the in the mystery. Yeah. It was like in the late 60s. There was the one oh, God. with Rock Robert Hutchin. Stack. Was there one with Robert Stack? And the one with Tony... Tony well, Curtis. Robert, Tony Francioso Robert Stack one. was the head of a publishing company. I don't even remember that show. Yeah. Tony Curtis's was called McCoy. It was right. called Name of the Game. Oh, the Name yes, of the Game. Well, yes. that was uh, Gene Barry and Tony Franciosa. <clears throat> right, and Robert Stack. Oh. Wasn't it? I don't think so. Hmm. Was Robert Stack on the Name of the Game? DeCaro, we have a call here. No? Um, Maybe Anyway, Robert Stack was in one of those mystery movies or uh-huh. something, but my point was... So after the OJ thing, I realized in that show, my character, of course, the bad girl, has to go into the. They had recreated a real San Quentin, the real San Quentin gas chamber, and they had two extras. One was a white guard, and one was a black guard. That leads me into the gas chamber, and it was OJ. Wow, he was, he was making extra money when he was going to USC. He used wow. to be an extra, and he was an extra. And, yeah. I did the Bobby Vinton show. Remember? Da, 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 sure. da, da, da. Oh, Gilbert, yes. Take it oh, away. Yes. Take it away. See, I don't know the words, <laughs> but I remember it. Da, 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 We had to encourage him. We shouldn't have. Oh, my God. But anyway. So sorry. So it was, we were, I was a guest. You know, I sang. I was a guest, and OJ was a guest because he was such a big star at the time. forget when this was, like early 70s or something. You danced with him. And and at the end, we all do the polka. Da, da, da. And he was my partner. I have it on tape. You oh, did a polka. I danced with a murderer. You, did a you polka. held the hand that held a the knife. A polka with O.J. and I have it on tape. Wowie. Wow. And how did we find it? Tell him we how were, we found it. Oh, we it. were looking for Shecky Green. I, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm the she was on we one had, of those talk shows. We had my Shecky here. Show. We had Shecky Isn't here. Isn't he the funniest? He and Gilbert had a, r- a little run-in. Oh, no. Yes. Why? What oh, happened? I, I was at some Friars uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. And and out of nowhere, I I do my set, and then someone else, he was supposed to follow me. Right. And then I found out that uh, he, well, Joy Behar went, who wasn't supposed to be on, and she goes, boy, isn't that Shecky an asshole? And, and Shecky was, like, screaming about my set, saying, I I was in the Navy. I never heard words like that. And he tried to throw a punch at like Stewie Stone or 
<laughs> Freddie, Freddie Roman. Roman. And oh, yeah, 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 it was. It he was, had a little meltdown, but then yeah. we had him on the show, and and, and it was us, not much better. No, he gave us about twenty minutes and hung up on us. Oh, oh god, and, and twenty minutes that. Uh, you couldn't use one, really. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we used it. Funny guy. But, but how we found out about the OJ thing was we were looking for this interview that I had done on the Mike Douglas show and uh, for the, the skit with Shecky. We were looking for sh- that skit, and and, we're which running I had the never tape, seen, obviously. And all of a sudden, Ron said, wait a minute. And this was right during the trial. Ron said, wait oh, a minute. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. It's you and OJ dancing the polka. That's wild. <laughs> I had forgotten about it. That is wild. Oh, my God. You can go to the Museum of Television and Radio and find some of those Yes, old... you can. Yeah, it's great You know, I, I had never seen Play Misty for me. Uh-huh. I'd seen pieces of it on television, and we were dating. She said, well, why don't I put it on the, the VCR, and I'll go and make dinner in, in the kitchen. <laughs> so I'm, I'm watching this thing, and she's killing about 1,100 people. <laughs> and in the kitchen, I hear... She's chopping with a knife. I, I said, that. if you're going to leave, you will leave now. I love that. Oh, my God. That is great. Okay. She only killed two people, to be fair. Oh, okay. John Larch and... The housekeeper. Oh, Clarice. Yeah. Clarice Was that really you floating in the water at the yeah. end? Did you do your own stunt? Yeah. Wow. I didn't fall from sorry the cliff. To, sorry yeah. to give away the payoff. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. If you haven't seen it by now. <laughs> I was game. It's 1926 it was made, I think. <laughs> That I have to just say Young. that as Ron said, Norma Ray was such an experience. That that was a wonderful experience. Oh, yeah. Clint Eastwood, the best. And Don Siegel was the bartender. Yeah, the great Don Siegel. Yeah, yeah. he had him around just in his yeah. Show for, yeah, that yeah. was the first day of shooting. Was that scene in the bar yeah. with Don? As I said, you're so good in the film. Oh, thank you. Where you run the gamut. Great role. You know, if it's we have this saying, Ronnie and I, if it ain't on the page, it ain't on the stage. Just like with Angels, how brilliantly, like brilliantly it was written. It's it's sort of like with, with Archer. I mean, how he comes up with these Adam things. Reed. Adam Reed, he's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah, he's very brilliant. Mm. You, you guys have done everything. This has been quite a ride. What so do you think? We've right? totally well, enjoyed I, it. <laughs> it's 112 now degrees Now let's all sing to the... You remember the Breakfast Club when you were a kid? <laughs> Good morning, Breakfast Clubbers. It's nice to see you. Another cheery greeting. So away we bring you. First, call to breakfast. Philco's call to breakfast. We sing, that, we sing that to my best friend, Louise Sorrell. We sing that. that to her. We sing that to her. Every morning we call her and we, we wake her with that song. That's hilarious. <laughs> Do you remember or are you like, too young? Don McNeil and the, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Wow. Oh, my God. I was, was going to try to get Ron to go for uh, whatever it is I'm against it from Horse yes. Feathers since he loves the Marx Brothers so much. Do you remember Don McNeil and the Breakfast Club? No. I can't say He's I do young. either. Out of yes. Chicago. He's a young guy. <laughs> He's a young guy. But we were like really young when we heard that on the radio. That yeah. is fantastic. Stay home from school. As, as yeah. much as I hate for... Uh, people other than myself to sing on the podcast. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was incredible. We'll have to teach it to you. So yeah. <laughs> Bored the rest of America. We can have a trio. <laughs> that was great. I have one last question oh, okay. to throw in before we go, and this is from Joe Dater, D-A-T-O-R. Will Ron Liebman ask you to take his name off this episode? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yes, he's nodding. <laughs> Only that story I told him not I'll to tell. I'll like cut that. it out. And, we, and we edit to the the guests. And, and now Robert Redford. Oh, I love working with him. Yeah, 
He's a sweet guy. Yeah. And very dedicated fellow for a lot of causes, oh, a lot absolutely. of good stuff. He does absolutely. a lot of good stuff besides Sundance. My God, how much work has he given yeah. people? And Burt Lancaster? I never worked with Burt Lancaster. You, no? you did Victory no. and Tebby, but you probably didn't have oh, any scenes. Oh, I didn't have any scenes with him. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Oh, okay. Right. No, what did I have scenes with Elizabeth? There was an article in today's Times about uh, Victory at Antebi, and that's where uh, Netanyahu's brother was killed. Right. He's the first Israeli. He's the only Israeli soldier killed. And that has special meaning, obviously, for Netanyahu. I remember there were two movies out. There was that one, Raid on Antebi. There was Raid and Victory. Raid and Victory. Yeah, Yeah, with Charles Bronson. Right. That, yeah, that was the other one. Why do I remember Yafet Koto being in Yes, that? yes. He played, what's his name, oh, the African. Yeah, Idi Amin. 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 You know who yes, played Idi Amin. Idi Amin and died Died on the set? Godfrey Cambridge. No oh, kidding. that's, I've heard We're that. fans I was of Godfrey there. Cambridge. Who was also in Bye Bye Braverman. Yeah. 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 He was a New York actor. Yeah, yeah. funny guy. Yes, and a nice man. Yeah, that was really wow. cool. Well, Gil, I, I, I that's not just, a good way to end the show, though. Just well, a couple of weeks ago, I was walking down the street, and one guy looked at me, and he goes, "Oh, I know you. You're Godfrey Cambridge." Oh, <laughs> so long, not anymore. For a while, that's all the song. No, wait, wait, Ronnie, Ronnie, wait. <laughs> when he said you're Godfrey Cambridge, it made me think of Joan Crawford and and oh my god, um, Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. They lived in the same they neighborhood. They li- lived in the same neighborhood, and you know, people would always come by and say to Catherine Everett, Oh, Miss Crawford, aren't you children? <laughs> and anyway, she so wait, John and Crawford. That's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> 33 years of and, joy. <laughs> you two are a pair. Anyway, anyway poor, poor Joan Crawford died. And somebody that Catherine Tepper was taking a walk, and somebody said, "Oh, Miss Crawford." She said, "I'm not Miss Crawford anymore." Oh, that's nice. You ruined it. I was on a run with it. You ruined it. (laughs) You two have to do it to like a I don't know what it is the gin game something where you can get this this repartee going on stage. Nothing. Right. This was like sitting with Stiller and Mirror. So, oh, that's a compliment. I love yes. them. Oh, yes. So, quick plugs, Jessica. Yes. Arch- yes. Archer. Archer. Uh, on FX. Archer on FX, yeah. Yeah. We're going to season eight. Going to Comic-Con next week. It's wonderful and funny. I love those And I worked people. with John so Benjamin cool. once. Isn't he yes. a riot? Hilarious. Oh, my Very God. Good. Great and Aisha. These are stand-up yeah. comic people that are, I mean, I just sit there. And, and Ron is on the show as Ron Cadillac. He has yeah. been. And I teach at the new school. Yeah, what do you teach? Yes. Acting, obviously. What do I teach? Ballet. What do I teach? <laughs> Snowboarding. Well, it could have been acting for the stage. Yeah. It could have been acting algebra for the Algebra, too. I teach algebra, too. <laughs> I flunked algebra one twice. He's a great teacher, that I can tell you. The kids worship him. I love teaching. And I will I really say do. this. Is this the end of the show? Mm-hmm. I want to end yes. on a positive yes. note here. End on an with the song. I have learned more about acting from Ron Liebman than I did from any acting teacher or any any experience that I've ever had on stage. Wow. That I will tell you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, now I'm going to wrap up this show, and I want you to sing that song you started singing. <laughs> Which, Which one? What song? Which, you know, Goodbye. The for... Breakfast Club again? No, no, no. Oh, the other oh one. it was yeah. it's from t- television. 
So long for, for a while. That's, that's all the songs for a while. Your hit parade. So long, so long from your hit parades and the songs that you pick to be played. So long. Lucky strike means fine. Ah. Tobacco. Well, this that, is. Oh, oh, goodbye, 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 everybody. Nice to see you in the television show. <laughs> Very good. He's very funny. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Once again at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. Thank you, forever. And we have been talking to the double great uh, Ron Liebman and Jessica Walter. I don't oh. think I've ever been this entertained by guests on oh, this I show. Oh, I bet you in have. 115 episodes. You guys are. You mean we don't we don't get any money for this? Yeah. (laughs) Oh wait a minute! You're two. Hold it! You're two guests who make me feel like singing. Oh, sweet! It's the saddest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Thank you guys. Thank Thank you. you. This was fun. The most fun I've ever had on one of these. I'd have to thank Frank because I know he said he said, "Oh, I have to talk to them." And would you do the show? It's you guys. No, it's you guys. If you didn't have the personas that allowed this. We would just clam up. Well, yes, I've clammed true, up before. <laughs> I'm just mad for you, and I'll always be, but naturally. If a custom-tailored vet asks me out for something wet, when the vet begins to pet, I cry If the meal includes a deal, accept I may. But I'm always true to you, darling, in my fashion. Yes, I'm always true to you, darling, in my way. There's a madman known as Mac who is planning to attack. If his mad attack means a cat. I'm always true to you, darling, in my way. There's an oil man known as Tex, who is keen to give me checks. But his checks, I feel mean that Tex is here to stay. But I'm always true to you, darling, in my fashion. Yes, I'm always true to you, darling, in my way. Wants to give my cheek a pat If a Harris pat means a Paris hat Baby, ooh la la Major sweet to Jean Fidel Darling in my fashion We're just sweet too